Welcome to the Red Letter Christians podcast. Red Letter Christians gets our name from the Bibles that highlight the words of Jesus in red. And we're aspiring to live as if Jesus meant the stuff he said. We know that the loudest, most prominent voices representing Christianity in America haven't always been the most beautiful or the most faithful voices. And we know that the way we change the narrative is by changing the narrators. We are committed to amplifying the voices of people who are dedicated to Jesus and to justice. Hello, everybody. This is Shane Claiborne, and I am so glad that you could join me today for the show. We're talking about our faith and how it connects to the world that we live in right now, and it's going to be a great show today. Uh, so I'm so glad that you could tune in. Uh, I, we have been out in the streets. We got stuff happening in our country. We got a movement and uh, uh, a, a real kind of uprising that things are not all right, and they don't have to be this way. And there's folks that are really raising their voices, fueled by their faith on so many different fronts. Uh, racial justice, uh, reproductive rights, the environment. I'm, but the thing that is really exciting to me is that there are a lot of folks that are, are really motivated by their faith to transform this world from what it is into what God wants it to be. And for a lot of us, I think we saw something opposite. You know, in many versions of Christianity were not about transforming this world. They were about how this world's not our home and uh, we're going to heaven when we die. And, and I'm excited about life after death, but I'm excited about life before death too. And I, and I think, uh, you know, God didn't just come to prepare us to die, but came to give us a new vision for this world. And boy, if you listen to it, y'all, if you look at the scripture, it's about the last becoming first, the first becoming last, the mighty getting cast down from their thrones and the lowly uh, raised up. It is flipping the whole world upside down. And we're going to talk about uh, the, the role that music and art play in the movement uh, today. And I am so excited about my friends and uh, my guests today, conversation partners today on the show, uh, Nabil Entz and Vincent Charlo, who are both connected through Common Hymnal. And I'm going to have them say a word about it in a second because they've been a part, of long, a part of it longer than I have. But Common Hymnal is, is, is a, a really close partner of Red Letter Christians. We're doing stuff together all the time. We're dreaming and scheming. But one of the things that we, we created together is this collective of musicians and artists, because we know that we need better songs. I'm thinking some of those old church songs, y'all, right? And they were they were about uh, swing low, sweet chariot, rather just about going home and 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 there's some things i mean i love some of those old songs but we don't when you really think about it a lot of the songs are shaping our theological imagination right and they are sometimes getting us uh setting our sights on heaven and are keeping our eyes off of earth and and when you look at jesus so he's talking about the stuff of this world he's talking about unjust judges and day laborers and vineyard workers and and uh, widows and orphans and, and, and the, the songs that you all are writing are connecting faith to the world that we live in, as, as we like to say, at the corner of 
praise and protest, right? And uh, so let me introduce these guys, y'all. Um, Nabil, why don't you go first? Uh, Nabil, is, uh, we, we've, we've connected on a few different fronts. We were in the streets. We were um, yeah. also a part of one of the songwriting collectives together. Okay. And um, so we'll talk about all that. But first, just say, hey, and then you can uh, introduce Vincent to we want to hear from both y'all. Give us a little backdrop, man. Man, well, first of all, I appreciate you, Shane, for, for inviting us onto, onto, onto this platform. Appreciate you. Obviously, we've been collaborating <laughs> um, on, on multiple fronts. Um, but yeah, it's, it's cool to be here and have this conversation and, you know, and, and be with my bro, Vince. Um, like, like Shane said, my name is Nabil Ince. My stage name is So Chill. It's like a Frenchy thing, S-E-A-U-X, chill. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I, let's see, I've been involved with Common Hymnal for a few years, like going on three years now. Um, I'm a musician. I play piano. I also produce. Um, I also songwrite, um, amongst other things. <laughs> and I'm, and, and I'm co-laboring with Vince and, the, and a few other people to really, like, help push this Common Hymnal project forward. Um, so that's a bit about me. So good, man. So good. Yeah. Come on in here, Vince. Tell us about you, man. Well, uh, again, I, I echo Nabil sentiments. Thank you so much for having us, Shane. And, uh, it's been an honor to work with you <laughs> through all of these little adventures that we've had writing protest. Mm. Uh, but I am uh, from the Bahamas originally. I'm Vincent Charlo. I'm also a musician, producer, and songwriter and artist like Nabil, and I've been a part of Common Hymnal for I, I just about the same time, I think, going on three years this year. Um, and like Nabil as well, we're co-laborers in this movement to make, to make music for the kingdom that is not just vertical, but also horizontal. Uh, that yeah. connects both of those points together um, and not just music, but art, just trying to bring people from the margins um, to the forefront, because that's where it seems a lot of the movement, a lot of the life, a lot of the vitality happens. So yeah. a little about me. And you're down there in my home state of Tennessee, where the mountains are beautiful and we wish our policies were just. As <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, we got some crazy laws happening. in we Tennessee. Do. Oh. They just made it a felony to sleep in public, Nabil. Come on, man. That. Yeah, it's crazy. Among other things, right? So, crazy. and we still have the death penalty. And we're going we're gonna to talk about that, y'all. Like, in the heart of the Bible Belt is still where we're executing folks. And that's why we're creating better songs that when you sing them, they, they make you uh, rethink some of the things going on in our world. And so I, I want first, you know, for folks that are not familiar with Common Hymnal, we've done a lot together. We've talked a lot about it on this show with uh, other folks, uh, collaborators. But give, one of y'all give sort of the the um, elevator pitch, you know, explaining uh, Common Hymnal. <laughs> You got a long elevator, though. You can just talk about it for a little bit. But, uh, it's, it's such a beautiful thing because um, we, we believe in collaboration, right? I mean, that's what Red Letter Christians is about. We're stronger together than on our own. We're wiser together when we're looking from different social locations. We, we help each yeah. other see our blind spots. We create better art together. And right. so tell us uh, a little bit about Common Hymnal for folks that don't know. Yeah, uh, Common Hymnal is what we call a virtual library of art all across the spectrum from the margins of Christianity. Uh, that's kind of the, the elevator pitch. Um, we're, we're a bunch of riffraffs who really believe that 
that the power and the good news of Christ can change the world. Um, but that is often predicated on who uh, and what we listen to <laughs> and who we honor. Like you said, the, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. And we, we want to give uh, a voice and dignity um, to, to those outside of the margins of the faith and also put a spotlight on the things that we believe as a body of Christ, we should be active in and speaking on. So we try to take a no holds bar approach to our stances and what we write about in our music. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I got a chance to be with uh, y'all down in Tennessee. We, we had uh, one of the, the many songwriters gatherings, collaborative, uh, uh, come Holy Ghost and stir our imaginations, give us words, you know, uh, together sort of thing. And one of the, 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 the things that struck me was, I, first of all, I'm, I'm known to not have a uh, very musical voice. So my friends were very impressed that I was in any song. But I loved, I mean, it's, it's, it is about the songs, but it's also about hearing the fire in each other's bones. It's about hearing each other's stories. And I mean, I guess the best art comes out of that anyway, but talk a little bit about the process. And then we're, we're going to play a clip from uh, a couple of these songs here. In fact, I think it'd be good for you to hear one of these songs that we created together, um, uh, Rolling Stones. You want to talk about it, Nabil? And, and then I want to hear about the process, but talk about this song. We'll play a little clip. Yeah, for sure. I, I'll speak on it and then I'll, I'll let Vince follow up because I know he was in the room uh, helping helping create it as well. But I mean, Rolling Stones just came from a place where I was, we was talk, talking with you, Shane, about about your heart for the evils of the, of the death penalty. And like, can we can we write a song that speaks to it and like why it's wrong and 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 whatnot? And so um, I wasn't there for the actual write, but I remember being in the song share when, when, when the song was being shared back to the group and we were just like, what in the world just happened, Joe? We were like, rewind, sing that joint again and we made y'all sing it again. Um, and, then, and then we got an opportunity to, to play it live at, at, at one of our, before one of our marches in, in, um, in Tennessee. And so for me, like that, that song is powerful because one, like, well, first of all, I ain't never heard no song about the death penalty in that way you know um mm. so it makes me one want to like protest and two want to get more informed about what's actually going on because it's, it's not like a widespread conversation but um yeah it, so so what you got one or two lines from it because we wrote a couple of those lines together and i you know i i I don't, I don't i don't get to rehearse them as much as you do so yeah, yeah, give us you. a couple of lines and we'll listen to it look if if killing is wrong between you and i why is it okay when it's done by the state? Like those are the first two bars of the verse and that yeah. really encapsulates the whole message and energy of the song, which is just like, yo, this is wrong. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cool. Yeah. So check it out, y'all. We're gonna play this clip. This is uh, from Rowan Stones.
Wow. So now we, you know, as we, we wrote th this together, you all, I mean, did you, but you're creating the music, you're creating the lyrics. So there's these different teams, right? Vincent, talk a little bit more about the like collaborative process and how, you know, how, how you write a song together. Well, um, it's, it's, it's about conversations. It, that's what it all comes down to. Most of the songwriting is, is spent having a conversation. And sometimes, and I'll say 80 to 90% of the time, you find that idea that just rings through the room. It, it, it kind of ignites that little wick inside everybody. And then you hone in on the idea. It's almost like hunting down something. So once you once you're in the room with these people and you've had the conversation, you've established common brown, a common ground and some rapport, you dive in and yeah. you you just focus on the idea. And that's when the creativity starts to starts to flow. You often have to come with open hands. Um, and it's amazing what happens when you come with open hands, open heart and uh, and a desire to just make something happen. I would call it magic, <laughs> honestly, but. Um, you just have people who are really good at fleshing out an idea, music, yeah. uh, instrumentally, lyrically. And when those when those powers combine, they make Captain Planet. You know, you have a song. I got chills. I got I got my hair standing up on my arm and you're talking about that. You know, you said magic, but you know, in, in the church, we got that word, the whole the, the sacrament, which means holy mystery, right? Yeah. So there there is yeah. a little bit of a sacramental holy mystery as you're creating that and something, you know, really lands and mm -hmm. And then these songs, they have life, you know, that they, they, they're not just, uh, I mean, they are, they're, they're songs that people can listen to, and I hope you do, uh, but they're also songs that are written to be able to be sung in the streets or in the sanctuary or in the yep. shower, right, or whatever. But, yep. but we, it was powerful singing that song before another execution in Tennessee, right? And uh, for folks that don't know, I mean, there's a whole movement nationally around the death penalty and uh, abolition of the death penalty and, you know, restorative forms of justice that would replace it. Um, but in Tennessee, it, it, there's still an active execution chamber. And in fact, Tennessee still has the electric chair. So a bunch of years ago, uh, we started, we, we really felt moved to do a walk that we call the March for Mercy. Anytime there's an execution in Tennessee, we walk about eight miles, almost nine miles from the death row and where the execution chamber is to the governor's office. And we, um, we pray, but we also sing as we go. And it really is a prayer for mercy as we're walking those, those uh, eight or nine miles. And we have a little rally at the, um, the Capitol building in the governor's office. And that's where we did the song. It was so powerful to do it right then. Right. I mean, cause here we are, you know, in Knoxville kind of, praying and thinking and putting words to our hearts and then we got to, to sing it in the streets and um yeah i don't know if you want to say anything more about that nabil or we'll, i want to talk about a couple other songs too but it was really powerful to 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 sing you know together and, and i mean at the same time we're we're calling and talk to i think purvis Payne on the phone you know who was at one point facing execution and so there's all these different voices that are coming together and uh, we're putting ours together in a song, right? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It was a powerful time, powerful gathering. Cause that was at least for the common hymnal family. I think that was our first time being present with, with you in that space in that way. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, singing a song about 
why we need to abolish the death penalty, you know, the day before someone's scheduled to be murdered by the state. It's just like these are these are real life issues that that aren't just like ideas floating around in the atmosphere, you know, but right. like real life impact on real life lives, real life families. So it, it it was it was really powerful to yeah to be a part of that and 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 to take that march and you know and all all the time on marches like that you end up meeting new people having conversations you know finding out more information about what about you here what about you here you know yeah yeah so um is yeah. yeah and you know and, and you as this takes shape I mean one of the things is that you're sort of riffing off of each other's ideas and, and words and even the words that I kind of threw into the mix were from uh one of the early bishops of the christian church cyprian he's the one who said um, that um he said when an individual kills another individual we say it's evil as we should but yeah. why do we baptize it when the state does it in mass oh, then we call wow. it virtuous right we call it justice when the state kills and so like it's wild that these words you know like 1700 years old yeah. are still inspiring us you know and now they're afrobeat right and then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the beauty of putting it in in the music um music has a way of bypassing our cultural biases so when you put truth to catchy melodies and tunes it strikes deeper than if you're trying to have a conversation with somebody yeah so that's kind of i mean this is scientifically true as well the music will seem to just hit different parts of our brains and then hits us internally in a way that a conversation can so uh, good let me just pause and say uh the thanks for listening in everybody if you're just tuning in this is shane claiborne and i am uh so honored to have a couple of friends today joining me nabil Entz and uh vincent charlo from their artists musicians songwriters producers but they're also a part of a big collaborative project called common hymnal and i hope you'll check it out it's commonhymnal.com you can see a bunch of the other songs and artists that uh uh, and I've been working together to create songs of praise and protest, y'all. You can hear them everywhere. And I want to talk about a couple of other songs that um, we've that that we've kind of done together, or I've seen you do, you know, in different settings. And um, tell us a little backstory of uh, the, the. There's a new song on reparations, which is really really powerful. And I know you worked with a bunch of friends, uh, mutual friends on that one, but. Um, Give us a little backdrop of the song and then uh, we'll listen to a clip from it. Oof. Oof. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that song, man. Yeah. That's an exciting song. We, we, um, well, Malcolm, Malcolm Duplessis, who's like the main aggregator, <laughs> instigator of Common Hymnal, has been talking for a, a long time about trying to do a reparation song, you know, but. We're always doing so much that it's like some things are priority, some things aren't. But then um, after the event in Harlem earlier this year, we connected with Rev Mark Thompson. And um, and so we got to talking and he was like, we need to write a song about reparations. <laughs> and, and the hook needs to go, HR 40, remember like he had the song in his head. So again, like it, it was another process of just, um, collaborating you know you have yeah. like a song that, that needs to be written we have uh people who are able to like take concepts and turn them into musical ideas 
And um, and yeah, and we literally the hook says HR forty reparations. Yeah, <laughs> that, that is the hook. <laughs> that's it. That's it. And we, you know, th- this comes from uh, some some movement uh, that we wish was even a little stronger. But it's it's growing strength in our Congress and in our country to yeah. actually heal some of the wounds of racism and do reparations work because we we know that we we got to begin with truth, but truth leads us to repentance and repentance leads us to repair. And so this song uh, is, is about that repair and what it takes to heal some of the wounds of hundreds of years of racism. Uh, you want to give us a line from it and then we'll listen to it. Either one of y'all got a line that, that uh, really strikes you from the song or should we just listen to it? It's not. I think we should just listen. I mean, yeah, I think yeah. the, first, the first verse starts out like um, Kings and uh, Queens. Kings and queens from Africa, Africa taking in chains to build America. America. Oh, in mm. infinite wealth gap off our blood and sweat. There it is. Reparative yeah. justice. Now it's time to get mm-hmm. HR 40. Reparations now. All right, listen to this, y'all. Wow. So, you know, as, as you listen to each one of these, you also sort of sense like how different they are, right? Like how the different collaborators are bringing in their gifts and their, their heart to it. And, and there's lots of genres. I mean, that was really striking me when, when I was with y'all in Tennessee, you know, there's songs in Spanish, there's songs that are slower, there's songs that are hip hop and there's, mm-hmm. um, you know, spoken word pieces. And, and there's, there's almost these worship songs, like, I, you know, kind of that, make me reflect back on like worship service where you singing the, the lines together, you know? And um, uh, so, I mean, is that the thought? Is it that w- there would be a lot of like this kind of harmony, diverse harmony of different types of songs that all have in common um, this intersection of praise and protest, or as we say, Jesus and justice, they're, they're kind of, they're, they're hitting on both of those, right? That's that's all, all, also I mean sorry always a major goal um, when we when we talk about the lifeblood of our songwriting, um, yeah. it, it's what is giving dignity to the people who will be listening to this music. It's why we have songs like "He Has Time," which is a song uh, for people for uh, victims of sexual assault and other mm-hmm. types of trauma in the home. Um, it's why we have uh, some songs that we like, we haven't even released yet. Like we have one called No More Wasted Years about moving into a year of jubilee uh, where we know it was a time where the slaves were set free, where we gave restorative justice to people. So it, it, it's the lifeblood of what we write. Uh, but the I think the the core of what we want is when we write, we give dignity to the subject mm. and we mm. and we strive for the excellence in conveying that idea well. So when you do that, I feel like you can't avoid having Jesus and justice together if right. that is your primary goal. Yeah. And, and so we, we, you've done, done like work with so many different folks too. I mean, I think Nabil, you're meeting uh, Jim Wallace today, you know, who's a dear friend, been a big part of RL's red letter Christians from early on. You've done work with uh, 
Reverend Otis Moss. And I, w- I was with Lisa Sharon Harper, who's, you know, a dear friend. We we spent July 4th on the roof of her house. And uh, I met with her last night. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> we, had a, we had a song right with her last night. <laughs> oh, come on. That's it. That's it. You know, on the 4th of July, we said we're, we're celebrating what America could be, you know. Yep, yep. <laughs> and we watched the fireworks. But, you know, this song, one of the first ones that we did with, you know, together was uh, Black People Are Tired. And Lisa did... Uh, the voiceover of that and you all did the music you know with the um, too many roses and that is just a powerful thing if you haven't seen that montage y'all you can see that on the red letter christians website but um, all of these collaborations and one of them you know i think that's part of what we share in common is that this this vision that we really are stronger together than on our own and um we we put our voices together at riverside church uh on the anniversary of dr king's famous uh, speech there that was entitled Beyond Vietnam, but that's when, when he really began to name the triplets of uh, evil hmm. and uh, as racism, materialism, and militarism. So we read that speech together. Bernice King came, and uh, Dr. Bernice King, Reverend Martin Luther King's daughter, was there and read the final part of his speech. Uh, but then you played this powerful song um, that was inspired by Gil Scott Heron. And I worked with his family to make it happen. Uh, so tell us quickly about that. We just got one minute and I want to be able to listen to a clip from it. But um, tell us about this last song we're going to hear, bro. The, the Revival. Uh, yeah, or either one of y'all. Go ahead. Yeah. You know, it, it's, uh, it's by our one of our dear genius brothers, Phil Joubert. Um, He had put together that piece in the midst of the pandemic after being locked in. And he said, hey, can we make this happen? And we brought it together and brought in all kinds of musicians and just made something that came alive about what revival really would look like. All um, right, man. that's it. So uh, a few decades ago, Gil Scott Heron said, the revolution will not be televised, will not be televised, will not be televised. Right. And now we got Common Hymnal putting it this way. So listen to this, y'all, as we send you out. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Nabil, Nabil Entz and Vincent. Charlo, my guest today. Uh, so we'll send you out with this, this song. The revival will be on the ground. It will be in your house. It will be bold in the best way. It will answer prayers for generations gone by. You don't need more revival. The revival will not go viral. But it will go forward. You best believe that. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Red Letter Christians podcast. Too often, Christians have used our faith as a ticket into heaven and a license to ignore the world we live in. But at Red Letter Christians, we believe our faith is not just about going to heaven when we die, but also about bringing heaven to earth while we live. For more information on Red Letter Christians and upcoming events, additional resources, you can go to the show notes or our website, redletterchristians.org. You can also support Red Letter Christians by giving a one-time donation or becoming a monthly sustainer. Just go to our website and click the red donate button. Thank you for being a part of this conversation and for being a part of this movement.